Yes, giving gas bags a whole new purpose for being. It's indeed Fuse Box number 70, Quarry of Blimps, and I'm your host and uh, audio aviator, Mark Rose, welcoming you in, friends, to this edition of the program. And over there, resplendent in a captain's hat. That is a captain's hat, right? Yes, sir, and ahoy. Right. Uh, it is the one, the only, the mediator of meters himself, Milt Keynes, everybody. Yeah, thanks. And, oh, and by the way, the, the, the hat here was a complete coincidence. I never know what the hell kind of show time you're coming up with, so, you know. One word. Yeah. Shower. Oh, come on, you know, you know the shower is one of the best places, right, to find inspiration. Is that what they're calling it these days? Well, well look, there, there is a belief that uh, water is a conduit for uh, creative energy. I'm not kidding you. So does uh, vodka count as water? Because uh, then I'd agree. I've been really inspired a few times after the fifth or sixth vodka and yoo-hoo, you know? Well... There's water in it somewhere. Uh, but yeah, you know, you, you ask most folks, they'll, they'll tell you that uh, they've had that uh, great aha moment in the shower or bath once or twice or nine times for some reason. And I don't know if it's just the white noise of the water running or, or the relaxing solitude of, uh, I don't know, just what. But more times than not, that location will inspire a creative thought or humorous notion. I, you know what? I'll have you know, Mr. Keynes. How about a nice game of find the water weasel? <laughs> <laughs> Our co-conspirator in crime here, uh, Jeff Pollard, has informed me that uh, he has a gizmo called Aqua Notes hanging in his shower. So when he, so when he uh, comes up with an idea in there, he can quickly write it down on waterproof paper. With a uh, pencil attached for your convenience. How about that, huh? Huh. Well, whatever gets your pencil sharpened, I guess. So, uh, it's a, a big hole filled with a bunch of blimps, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the image, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's allegorical of something. Yeah, I, uh, I got nothing. Not alarming at all. So, did you have a, uh... Good 4th of July celebration? Because uh, as we record this episode, and uh, for the benefit of our listeners abroad, the, uh, the U.S. here has uh, had a birthday, and typically that involves incendiary devices and fireworks, too. Well, kind of. I mean, I, I enjoy the time off, but uh, what the hell... Is the idea of setting off fireworks on the 30th of June. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, some ass clown down the street was revving up his party way early. Sounded like a, a, a reenactment of Pearl Harbor or something, for Christ's sake. Yeah, I, I tell you, some people do like their exploding object from time to time. Man, the fallopian racing hamsters were freaking out, man. Oh, man, how can you tell, though? They seem to always be set on perpetual frenzy mode. Yeah, like that. Oh, buddy. I thought they were going to tunnel their way through my living room floor. I mean, they they hated that noise. 
issues. Well, you know, I know a, a lot of dog owners have uh, similar issues, and, and I can surely understand that. It, it's quite the racket, and uh, especially tedious this year, right? As it uh, fell on a Tuesday, and of course, that meant for many folks, would be back at work the next day after a four-day weekend, which, as we know, is never easy, even without the big bangs to accompany it. So, uh, hey, speaking of big bangs, did you see episode eight yet? Uh, I did. Nice segue. Thank you. Doing my part. <laughs> yes, I did. And what are we referring to, friends? Is, uh, is uh, David Lynch and Mark Frost's reinvention of television, the new season of Twin Peaks, The Return, airing now on Showtime. And if uh, any of you are even vaguely familiar with Lynch's prior work, like uh, the films Blue Velvet, Mulholland Drive, Inland Empire, and uh, certainly most specifically for this uh, series, Eraserhead, you'll know the areas Mr. Lynch likes to explore. And he's uh, living up to that reputation by uh, really taking the viewer on a delirious ride on this thing. Don't think I'll ever see the A-bomb quite the same way. Yeah, it's quite the history lesson, too, huh? We uh, we get a, a, a glimpse of uh, the White Sands atomic bomb blast of uh, 1945, and in true Lynchian fashion, what that uh, blast actually delivers to humanity goes far beyond the obvious noxious radiation part, let me tell you. I mean, at times, it was like I was watching the last bit in 2001, you know, where, where the guy's going to uh, infinity or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's racing by him and streaks and shit. Wow. Yeah, there are, there are a few similarities uh, to that Kubrick film. But the end game here is uh, pure Lynch. And, and no matter what you think will happen, I assure you, the actual thing that happens will cause your jaw to hit the floor with a resounding thud. That's right. And I don't want to spoil the experience for anyone, so if you have not seen it yet, please make an effort to do so. Uh, you will be rewarded. <laughs> I know I won't see frog roaches the same anytime soon. Yes, he has definitely given them a new spin too, so to speak. Yeah. There are uh, 18 episodes in this new series, and that means 10 more to delight and uh, tweeze the brain. Although, I guess by the time uh, this program airs, it'll be more like nine remaining. But in any event, not to be missed. You know, I'm sure that a, a box set of this thing will uh, pop up soon thereafter. Um, and uh, at least speaking for myself, a big reason to pick it up, bar none, are the uh, extras featured on these collections. A lot of them feature, of course, behind-the-scenes stuff with uh, quirky insights are often the norm here. The most infamous extra for me, though, was, uh, <laughs> was the one on the Inland Empire DVD that features an extra called And Then Other Stuff Happened. This thing was 90 minutes or so long. And it featured more material that didn't make it into the final cut, which is three hours long as it is. So a four and a half hour epic would have been the case with this thing. Probably explains why that one didn't make it around to too many theaters. Yeah, epics like that one uh, aren't the best deal for theater owners. Uh, they do tend to be more fond of the 90 minute to two hour film, which 
Well, you know, you can understand it just gets more butts in the seats. But I got to say, lately, really, it's all been happening on the small screen. Hell yeah. I mean, I, I can't think really of any upcoming thing that would have me sitting in those movie cubicles anytime soon. I hear you. Um, although, you know what? There, uh, there is one on my list that I think is worth uh, the effort, and uh, that's the new uh, Luc Besson film called um, oh, yeah, Valerian. Valerian. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, that Valerian thing, um, or its proper title, uh, Valerian, City of a Thousand Planets. It's based on a French comic book from way back. It's, it's uh, visually striking, and I, and I know that this is one of those films that Luc Besson has wanted to make for uh, 25 years. And uh, was even toying with it before he jumped into uh, The Fifth Element and uh, made that one. But uh, this thing has waited for a reason and uh, looks really promising. I'll, I'm definitely uh, definitely wanting to check that out. Uh, hey, speaking of uh, Flex, don't we uh, have a segment coming up that's uh, uh, related? <laughs> yes. Always the attentive producer, Milt. Yes, we do. Uh, the Video Vixen is back with another review for us, this time, Raw Force, which I'm sure will amuse you all. That, coming up in a bit after this important pronouncements. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. TheFuseBoxShow.com The following preview has been approved for all audiences. Rage has a new face. Twisted and misshapen. A face masking a deeper anger. A darker hate. All he ever wanted was to fit in. To belong. To be normal. But they wouldn't let him... And now, his revenge will be swift and certain. It will come in a wave of destruction. Never before seen by man nor beast. It will come in a rage of hate-filled hate and rage that rages with the white-hot heat of hot rage and hateful, raging hate. Yes, rage has a new face. Uh-oh, Timo. Timo's World. Coming soon to this network. Yes, indeed, our buddy Timo returns next time with a brand new adventure. One might even call it hair-raising. But you'll have to tune in to get the full effect of that. So I never got to ask you, did, did, did you do anything over the 4th? You know, other than take long showers and dream about show titles. <laughs> well, since you ask... There was uh, one event that happened around that time that was a, a real treat for sure. Um, you remember back on uh, show number, let's see, what was it, 51, uh, with the shower-inspired title, 
<laughs> splitting airs. We did an interview with my friend Bob Blackburn, who is the heir to the Ed Wood estate. Ed Wood, for those not aware, was uh, a writer, filmmaker, and uh, all-around quirky chap who produced and uh, directed such amazing films as uh, Glenn or Glenda, Night of the Ghouls, Bride of the Monster, and the all-time favorite of bad film aficionados, Plan 9 from... Uh, Outer space. Oh, with the very famous Criswell line. Can your heart stand the shocking facts about grave robbers from outer space? I don't know if it can. You might also seek out the uh, Tim Burton film Ed Wood with Johnny Depp playing the uh, titular role for some more info there. Great movie, too. Well, anyway, it turns out that uh, Bob was in Portland the other day. And uh, he lives in Los Angeles and was in the Portland area and wanted to see if we could get together for a chat, as he had something he thought I might like to see. The Angora Red Planet. I saw what you did there. The good, the bad, and the furry. <laughs> yeah. See, Dear Milt is re- referencing the, uh, the anecdotal item that, uh, from time to time, Ed liked to do a little cross-dressing. Yeah, not pretty. Acquired taste. I'd think. But whatever the case was been, Bob uh, thought I'd get a kick out of this thing, whatever it was, and uh, he was right. Bob had brought with him, straight from a recent painstakingly laborious transfer process, a DVD of some of uh, Ed Wood's home movies. (laughs) These were all shot on what uh, had to have been, right? Eight millimeter. And I'm I'm thinking they're somewhere between 57 to 59, judging by the cars. And, uh, of course, the, you know, the, the films were silent, but in glorious color. They show Ed and his wife, Kathy, and a few of their friends just having a hell of a good time, driving to the beach and hanging around the apartment. And in one daring sequence, Ed, with total abandon leaps from a second-story balcony of their apartment to the pool below, which I have to tell you was harrowing to watch at first. I mean, what if he missed? Ah! Abrupt end to a promising career. But these uh, home movies, they really, they they were a hoot. At at, at one point, um, (laughs) Ed and Kathy are coming out of the apartment with a uh, very distinguished-looking gentleman. And uh, by distinguished, I mean in that kind of mob-connected way. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he was unknown to Bob as well. And uh, then the whole gang just climb into Ed's convertible, which suddenly fails to start. And then there's the obligatory raising of the hood, or bonnet, for our UK friends, to uh, peek inside and see what may be the matter with the uh, infernal contraption. Not not sure who is uh, filming these sequences, but uh, in any event, a classic piece into the life of a genuine legend. What year was that, Plan 9? 59? Yeah, you're right. Uh, It'd be uh, 1959, which means he could have been uh, cogitating, you know? that epic around uh, the time these films were shot the uh, the cars um kind of helped dial it in there's a a brand new shiny corvette parked uh, just in front of ed's convertible 
that looks to be a 58, maybe 59. It's kind of hard to tell. Is there, there wasn't a whole lot of difference in the taillight design of uh, those two model years. And uh, Oh, buddy, I'd love to have one of those rides. Oh, pretty sweet. Yeah, I gotta say. Uh, today's version? Meh. Base price? $56,000. Ow. That's right. Yeah, you know, I think if, if I'm going to pay $60,000 for a car, it should fly. Then, fit into a briefcase. You know what I'm saying? Rosie the Robot sold separately. <laughs> nice pickup there, Mr. King. Um, oh. Hey, I know my cartoons now. Unstumpable, baby. Oh, well, you know what? We, we, should, we should test that sometime, Milt. That, that would be a, uh, a show in and of itself. You're on. Brilliant. And uh, speaking of a force to reckon with, the Video Vixen is back with us today with another succinct commentary of a film you may want to visit. Or, in some cases, not visit and say you did. This time, it's Raw Force. Video Vixen. <laughs> Raw Force, 1982, directed by Edward D. Murphy, stars Cameron Mitchell, enough said. Full frontal nudity, martial arts, and zombies. This grade Z horror action thriller mashup delivers on bush, blood, boobs, and bullets. Put your brain on autopilot. You won't need to actively engage it to enjoy this cheapo flick. Dim bulb traveling companions set sail to Warrior's Island, where a group of weird monks live with their female captives and some very pissed off reanimated dead. None of it makes sense, and you won't really care. It's dumb fun. I'm the Video Vixen, and remember, behave yourselves. Sounds like perfect summer fare to me. And, uh, by the way, it has the prerequisite fees, so what more do you want in your mind-numbing entertainment? Certainly beats watching late-night C-SPAN again. Thank you. Oh, man. So, uh, what else is going on in the world? Oh, 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 oh. You know, you know... <laughs> The, those of you out there who uh, tune in to uh, the Overnightscape Central, a show hosted on the uh, OnSug channel here that uh, features various hosts weighing in on whatever the suggested topic is for that edition of the show, may be interested to know that this last one, which uh, went up on Monday the 10th of July, 2017, was all about Frank Zappa. And uh, I was delighted to uh, contribute a notion or two to that show that you might find uh, entertaining, maybe. It's kind of long for you, huh? I mean, uh, didn't you ramble on for a half hour or so? I mean, uh... Well, you know, in the spirit of uh, true disclosure, the segment I created is about 28 minutes long. But uh, it's a lot of Frank, in his own words, saying things that uh, many have not heard about uh, a lot of different things. And 
I thought it would be great to take that time to reveal the thoughts of a raving practicalist or a rational thinker, if you prefer. I, you know, I, I figure most folks would wax on eloquently about his music and, you know, and well, they should. But uh, I had a notion that many have uh, the mistaken idea that Frank was just this crazy, zany guy who wrote a, a lot of comedy music and did weird things to audience members on stage. Now, some stage antics are of legend now, but the, for the most part, Frank was a decidedly practical guy with very rational ideas about some pretty crazy crap that is going on in our world. And in many cases, he offered ways to fix it. Yeah, like, uh, wasn't he going to run for president at some yes, point? Yes, he was indeed. And he even, he even created his own political party. It was called the Practical Conservative Party. That's right, the PCP, which was not a joke, by the way. He truly was uh, looking into this thing. Uh, right around the time he uh, he got ill, and uh, that became impossible, of course. Um, Might want to raise an eyebrow there, right? <laughs> well, I think I know what you're suggesting. And a few have said uh, the exact same thing, Milt, that uh, Frank was becoming a very highly visible and in many cases a viable voice of reason for many folks and uh, that a lot of the things he was talking about changing particularly in our government and so forth were not considered uh, quote good ideas from those who dwell within those hallowed halls it's been suggested that the illness may have been implemented from nefarious sources or at the very least conveniently unnoticed in spite of uh, numerous medical examinations that he underwent. So, in case you don't know, Frank passed on as a result of prostate cancer after uh, several examinations failed to pick it up, and it was only after it had advanced to such a lethal degree that uh, it was identified. Now, the interesting part of this story is that uh, Frank has documented on uh, interviews that he had some urinary issues for years and, and kept that pretty closely monitored by a, a string of physicians. As a guy who traveled the world as he did, you know, he's, <laughs> he's bound to encounter some uh, much less than delightful organisms that could uh, potentially do all kinds of internal damage. And, and, and it just seems that it was a little odd, Right that this last issue wasn't diagnosed in time, despite several qualified medical opinions. Well, I know he had some really interesting things to say about where he thought AIDS came from. Yes, and if you want to hear that particular segment uh, that Mr. Keynes alludes to, it's in my portion of the Overnightscape uh, Central show from this week, which, uh, as we uh, record this thing, hasn't been uh, put up yet, as it's uh, Saturday here, and... That goes up on Monday, typically. But there, right there, is the magic of time control, friends. It's all just relative to where you are at the moment, and everything else just spins in a soup of ordered randomness. I'm getting dizzy. Or will they? The following is a moment of zen with Georgie Patterson Owens III of Meridian, Mississippi, life coach, 
meditation teacher, and martial arts instructor. I never met a man before who didn't, didn't walk in no shoes unless he's talking to his best friend and saying, I, I done had my, my moonshine back before, and now I know where you're going, except that you've been, you've been all squirrely-willy up in there. The preceding has been a moment of zen with Georgie Patterson Owens III of Meridian, Mississippi. Life coach, meditation teacher, and martial arts instructor. Hi, Mr. Peters. Sorry I'm late. I had to finish my homework. Gosh, college sure is hard. Hello, Debbie. Please call me Dick. And yes, college is hard. But it's fun, too. You'll see. Thanks for coming over to babysit Dick Jr., who is upstairs in the shower. Hmm. He sure has been in there a while. (laughs) My little brother Jimmy likes to take long showers, too. It must be a boy thing. (laughs) I guess boys like to get really, really clean. I remember as a boy that I like to be really clean as well. Girls too, Mr. Peters. Why, I love getting clean, especially after I've been really, really dirty. Call me Dick, Debbie, and yes... You're right. Some girls like to get dirty, too, just like boys. <laughs> Why, I'll bet you can get really, really dirty. Say, Debbie, I notice your breasts look especially full, round, and high this e- evening. What gives? <laughs> Gosh, thanks, Mr. Peters. Er, I mean, Dick. Yes, my breasts are fuller and rounder and higher, and it's all thanks to my new Fusebox lapel pin. Fusebox merchandise makes everyone look sexier, even ugly people. And it's all available right now at thefuseboxshow.com. Just click on the Fusebox store link and you can buy all kinds of awesome Fusebox merchandise like t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, drink coasters, clocks, whiskey mugs, and even flasks for when you want to sneak hooch into boring staff meetings, church, or jury duty. Wow. Thanks for the hookup, Debbie. TheFuseBoxShow.com, eh? I'll be sure to check it out after I get home from the church bake sale tonight where Mrs. Peters is selling her hot, fresh, and delicious pie. Oh, boy. I sure do like eating Mrs. Peters' pie, Mr. Peters. Oops. I mean, Dick, it tastes so very good in my mouth. Say, Dick, before you go to the church bake sale, would you like to make out? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs>
Debbie, since Dick Jr. is still in the shower, we have lots of time to make out. Super! Oh, Dick! So if you're feeling dirty, get clean with Fusebox merchandise only at thefusebockshow.com. Oh, Mr. Peter. Oh, I mean Dick. Get medical attention right away for erections lasting longer than four hours. Yes, friends. With that, we will call it a show and climb aboard our blimp and bounce our way out of here, but not before thanking Bob Blackburn for the uh, Ed Wood home movie experience. Scott Campbell for another moment of Southern Fried Zen. Alan Dennison and Leslie Jane for good, clean fun. Nancy Monson as the Timo Whisperer. Eric Newsom for Zen-like anchor qualities. The lovely and talented Trista Perez for Vixen Virtuosity. And Jeff Pollard for announcements and illustrative excellence as always. Thanks, too, are in order to the captain over there. Really? You had no idea at all what the subject... And, well, you shouldn't. Uh, thanks to him over there. Milt Keynes for uh, technical assistance as per usual. And certainly, thanks to you, gentle listeners, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. And uh, while you're at it, that is, uh, pushing things around, as you do so well, push subscribe wherever the hell you have found this program. And uh, maybe even, pretty please, with a green rosetta on top, please rate us as well, because that helps us a whole big bunch as well. So, I have been your sniffing at the radiator because it smells so good host, Mark Rowe, saying, until our next cartoon. <laughs>